Welcome to the Victory Life Church Podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at vlcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. Thank you, uh, thank you, Pastor Ron. Thank you, Pastor Jacob, for allowing me a chance to uh, to share what God's laid on my heart. So, actually, this is pretty awesome. It's Fourth uh, of July weekend. It's July third. You guys are all here. So, happy Independence Day weekend. It's a pretty awesome weekend to be able to uh, be in the house of the God, house of God. Happy birthday, America! Looks like our pastor is probably the most excited person in here. Your your shirt definitely represents. So, uh, nice job. Um, thank you to the military, to those who have served. Um, also to make sure that we have freedom here to worship God today. Um, I, I have something that I want to share today that I feel like God laid on my heart several months ago. And uh, it's actually about worry. So I'm not sure, you know, we're going to tie it into the, the independence because we want independence from worry today, right? Um, so I'm going to sh- share some things. And we're going to actually be spending time in Second Chronicles. I'm not sure if that's the most popular book in the Bible to preach from, but that's where we're going to be today in Second Chronicles chapter, ch- chapter 20. We're actually going to be talking about King Jehoshaphat, which Jehoshaphat, that's a pretty awesome name. Anybody expecting here that maybe would like to name their first child Jehoshaphat? So just a challenge out there. I'd, lo- I'd love to see that. Um, and actually, I know I'm preaching about worry, but I'm actually pretty worried about mispronouncing things. Um, so this is a safe space to make fun of homeschoolers, right? So uh, I, was, I was homeschooled my, uh, my entire life, kindergarten through 12th grade. And we do a lot of reading when we're homeschooled. We don't, you know, you don't hear the teacher as much, you read stuff. So I mispronounce words all the time. My wife was in broadcasting, so thankfully she corrects me a lot. I think she's got a notepad where she's gonna take notes of all the times I mispronounce a word. Um, it's it. no, I'm just joking, but like, I'm going to say something wrong, I'm pretty sure. You know, I couldn't even say my R's until I was like almost 13 years old, so I had a speech impediment. Um, and, and, and speaking of not being able to like pronounce words, I was newly married, I was driving down the road, and there's all this stuff coming across the road, uh, like, I don't know, it was leaves and trash and all this stuff. And I, I say, hey, look at all this flying debris. Guys, it's not debris, it's debris. I know that now. Thank you, Amy, very much. Appreciate that. So, you know, so hopefully I'll get past. You can take notes. You can let me know what I mispronounce. Uh, but hopefully this will be a word that will actually resonate um, with you all today. Um, so when I read this passage in Second Chronicles 20 a few months ago, I was actually pretty worried about what was going on in our society and what was going on even at my at my store. At that time, the administration was making all kinds of different work rules around uh, COVID vaccinations and testing and all this stuff. And it was going to drastically impact the ability um, for me and things to really to run things. And I was actually pretty worried that maybe in the course of months, maybe I wouldn't even have a job. So that, that's kind of worrisome. And I know some of people have had with COVID lost their jobs, all those things. Those are pretty drastic things that you can get pretty worried about. Um, I know Pastor said it, said it. Um, for those that, I guess you announced that, I, yeah, I, I run a Target store when I'm not moonlighting preaching every decade or so, so that's what I normally do, um, and I run the one in Midtown Miami next to the Design District, Wynwood, that area. It's a pretty, pretty large store, but I've worked for Target for 21 years, almost 22 years, and, uh, you know, I don't have any other skills. 
I have no other skills, guys. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if Joe was here today, but he's a mechanic. He fixed my car the other day. He actually has a real skill. Um, my, my wife, Amy, can sew things. She's got her own sewing Instagram. Smith was stitching. Um, but she can, she can sew things. She's got a real skill. Jacob can sing and preach. He's got dual, dual skills. So that's pretty awesome. Stephen Forbus, I mean, I mean, Dr. Stephen Forbus, can, uh, is a chiropractor. He can fix people's backs. We got all kinds of skills. The only thing I really know how to do is tell people what to do. So losing my job potentially or not being able to work there was, was kind of scary. Um, but, you know, after I read this passage, it was right at the right time. I learned to leave it all in God's hands. Leave that worry in God's hands. Thank you. So the title of my message today is Walk in Wonder, Not in Worry. Walk in Wonder, Not Worry. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this chance to share your word with people. I pray that this passage will resonate with everyone here, those looking in online as well, and that we can learn how to give you the worries, the everyday worries, the big worries, and leave those with you to walk in a different way after today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so before we jump into 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to give you just a little background on Jehoshaphat. Um, if you remember, there was King David. After King David, there was King Solomon. But after Solomon, the nation of Israel split into two. You had the king of Judah, you had the Judah kingdom, and you had the Israel, Israel kingdom. Um, and after it was Solomon, then there was Rehoboam, there was Abijah, Asa, and then Jehoshaphat comes on the scene. He's the next king. He's the guy we're going to be talking mostly about. But Jehoshaphat's dad, Asa, was actually a pretty good king. So we got to look just a little bit about what was going on with Asa. Judah had good kings. Every so often they'd have some good kings. They actually had several good kings. Israel, on the other hand, the 10 tribes that kind of split off, never really had any good kings. Let's look a little bit about what the Bible says about Asa, Jehoshaphat's dad. The Bible says that Asa removed the foreign altars and pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord as God. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. So this, this king is actually pretty good. He's a pretty good dude. He's a pretty good king. And he reigns a pretty long time. He actually reigned for 41 years. Um, now, it's not quite the platinum jubilee that the queen of England just had. Um, we, me and my family went to London back in May, and they were preparing for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years. And I know it's, we shouldn't be talking about the Queen on the, on the 4th of July. You know, <laughs> did we fight a battle to get rid of it? But I've never cared. Whenever somebody talks about the monarchy, I'm like, I don't care. I'm an American. Like, I don't really care. But we were there, so it was slightly interesting. I know we have people from England, but you live in America because it's way better, right? All right. So, so... She's rain, and one thing that was kind of interesting is that Platinum Jubilee, the 70 years, they say, or they told us, maybe it's a lie, but they said they haven't ever been able to find another historical monarch that's reigned that long. Like in all of history, books, we've never seen a monarch reign 70 years. So that's kind of an interesting fact. I'm not, not sure what good she's done, but hey, you know, when I was talking to the queen over tea about her 70-year reign, okay, I, I'll show you that picture. Actually, I don't have that picture. Show the other one. 
But uh, so we actually did go to London. There's the Tower Bridge. That's the closest I got to the Queen. Uh, but uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, so, so Asa reigns a long time, 41 years. Um, one thing I find interesting about Asa is that the Bible has this little, little thing. In 2 Chronicles 16, 12, it says, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even with the severity of the disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. So I think this is kind of crazy. Here this guy reigns all this time. God has helped him so, through so many different battles, so many different things. By the time he gets old and he gets a foot disease, he just runs to the doctors. Do we ever do this? Do we ever do this? Do we ever forget to seek the Lord's help in those worries, but just turn to things that we know? We've got our money. We got our shots. We got our social distancing. We've got, I'm an American. Bad things don't happen in America. We've got all these different things that we go to. And it's kind of interesting. I think the, the Bible's begging the question there. What would have happened if Asa had sought the Lord's help instead of just running to the doctors? I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. But I think it is begging that question. We should seek the Lord. So, he gets this foot disease. He dies when he's in the 41st year of his reign. And so now we're into the main story. Jehoshaphat becomes king, and he's a pretty good king too. All right. The Bible says, the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years, and he did not worship the image of, images of Baal. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commands instead of following the evil practices of the kingdom of Israel. So the Lord established Jehoshaphat's control over the kingdom of Judah. All the people of Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so he became very wealthy. That sounds nice. And highly esteemed. He was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord. He removed the pagan shrines and Asherah poles from Judah. So this guy's highly esteemed. He's popular. He's wealthy. He's doing everything right. Life is pretty good. Doesn't sound too bad. He's still serving God at the same time. That's amazing. All right, what else does he have? Well, he also has a ton of troops. It's actually kind of crazy how many troops he had. Um, it actually looks like he had over 1.2 million troops just in Jerusalem. I'm not going to read this whole, whole passage, but he had 300,000 troops organized in units of 1,000. Skip down a little bit. He had Jehoanan, I sure, for sure mispronounced that one, but commanded 280,000 troops. Scrolling down, there was also 200,000 troops under another guy. From Benjamin, there was 200,000 troops equipped with bows and shields. Skipping down, there was another under Jehozabad, 180,000 armed men. These were the troops stationed in Jerusalem to serve the king, besides those that Jehoshaphat stationed throughout all the other towns. So we are in a really good situation here. Really good, good spot. What else does he do? He also is a missionary to his own people. The Bible says, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people, traveling from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, encouraging the people to return to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. This is one of the best stories about a king you'll ever hear. Wealthy, got lots of troops. People love him, and he's a missionary to his own people. Can you think of anything better? He's, he's got it going on. So if you were slightly thinking about naming your child that, just make the decision today. 
do it. He's, he's really good. The only thing that seems a little bit negative about uh, Jehoshaphat is that he actually ended up helping Ahab, the evil king of Israel, in some battle they fought against somebody else. So that seems like he kind of like, yeah, a little, maybe a little too cozy with the, the evil kingdom. But I think he kind of learned his lesson. That wasn't very successful. But almost everything the Bible has to say is pretty positive and seems really good about this guy. Well, now we got to have something happen, right? So we know everything's going good. And now we get into our Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, our main passage from today. So all this stuff has happened, but after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Menunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. As I go through this passage today, I'm going to have four main points, guys, four main points. Point number one is all of us will encounter worries in our lives. Hey, guys, if you don't have a worry right now, don't worry. You're going to get one soon. All right? For sure, all of us are going to have worries in our lives. You know, if you've got a pretty big army, you got money, you're popular, the people love you, and you're still terrified, this must be a pretty big deal that these people, actually, if you know some things about these nations that were attacking him, they were actually either A, they were giant people, or B, they were people that defeated giant people to, to take over. So these are some pretty bad dudes, and they must have a pretty darn big army to be able to be there and terrifying Jehoshaphat. You know, have you ever been terrified? You ever been so worried that you're almost out of your mind? Anybody here? Anybody here? I, I, I have. I'll share that I've been terrified at moments. I mean, I, I was terrified when I found out we were expecting our first child. It's terrifying. If I could redo it, I would name him Jehoshaphat, but whatever. It's up to one of you guys. Um, what about, um, like, COVID at first? It was terrifying, you know? Some of you guys got to sit at home. Target was like, go to work, you know? Be around all these people. Try to social distance. You know, I, I got to say, I used to tell my team at Target, at one point, we ran the hottest nightclub in all of Miami. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Right in the middle of Miami, everything was closed. Only place to go on a Saturday night, Target. Social distancing, non-existent. All right? But it was a little, it was a little terrifying at first. I remember my wife getting pretty upset. You sure you got to go to work? Yeah. So that was terrifying. Work issues can be terrifying. Money problems, financial things are probably incredibly, and they are, incredibly terrifying. Now we got maybe World War coming out, like World War III now, like maybe with Ukraine and everything. We got inflation. We're all loving the inflation. We love filling our gas tank up. And that's terrifying, just watching that. It's horrible. Um, Austin, just my son just bought a car, you know, and trying to figure out what, help, trying to help him figure out what car to buy. I worry about that. And actually, I know I'm preaching about don't worry, but you probably should be terrified. He's got his own car and he's out on the streets of Miami. So be terrified. That's fine. You know, be careful. But the media and the world, the devil always has something for us to worry about, right? As I said, if you don't have something to worry about, they're going to give you something soon. There's always something next to worry about. We're all going to encounter worries in our life. 
The devil loves it when we're worried, when we're so focused in on the little things or even the big things, and we forget about God. So what does Jehoshaphat do? Well, the Bible says, once again, that Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. I like that part. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So the people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So he orders everybody to fast, and the people come together. I think this is beautiful. Just like we do as a church, we come together. We do times of prayer and fasting. I know it was just mentioned. In January, we had the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that's actually when God gave me this message. Point number two, all worries need to go to God. All worries need to go to God. We're all going to have worries. They're going to come. But all these worries, big or small, need to go to God. So what does Jehoshaphat do next? He prays. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people of Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come in to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. Side note, I don't know if you guys got that, but it said, whenever we're faced with any calamity, war, plague, or famine, we're going to come to this temple. I think that, you know what, next plague we're coming here as well. But, so he keeps going, keeps praying. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now, see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now, see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerful, powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. Don't know what to do, but he's going to God for help. He's doing exactly what he should do. The Bible in Philippians says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. It's that simple. Don't worry. Pray, thank, don't worry. You know, I told you I was terrified when I found out that I was expecting our first child. One of the reasons I was pretty terrified and scared, obviously being a dad, that's kind of scary, but I was also pretty scared about the finances of it. Um, I wasn't making much money with Target all those years ago, and it was like, okay, oh, it's gonna cost $5,000 out of pocket to have this kid. I don't have that kind of money. Uh, what kind of expenses is going to happen after that? My wife was working. What are we going to do with childcare? How are we going to afford an education? All those things. And I remember being in my car. And my car is one of my favorite places to pray. But I remember being in my car and praying on the way to work, the whole time on the way to work. God, I need some money. I got it. You got to help me. I need something. To, I need something. 
You know what happened that day when I got home? I went to my mailbox, checking the mail, you know, not wanting to see the bills, but checking the mail. And inside, there was a letter from Target. In the letter from Target, I'm like, oh, I never get letters from Target. Usually you find things out at work. But letter from Target, and they said, hey, we're, we are eliminating your pay grade, and we're bumping you up to the next pay grade. Here's another two grand a year. God can answer prayers when you're terrified. When you go to God, he's got the plan. He's got the plan. So Jehoshaphat is, humbly, is humbling himself by publicly praying, and he's acknowledging he doesn't have it. He's begging God. We're looking to you for help. Remember his dad when he got the foot disease? And his dad kind of at that point in his life was pretty established and just went to the doctor instead of God? Well, Jehoshaphat is doing the right thing, and he's going to God. What happens next? As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jewel, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. It's God's. Point three. All worries are God's worries, or all battles are God's battles. You know, we know we're all going to encounter worries. They're going to come. Those worries need to go to God. And when they do, those are God's now. He's got them. He's got the worries. He's got the battles. What's the first thing the Lord says? He says, do not be afraid. How many times are we afraid? Worry is basically just being afraid, right? Yeah. How many times are we afraid? In the Bible, there's over 366 times the Bible says, do not be afraid or fear not. On my phone, I actually have an app where it lists all 366 times. It's like one for every day. When God came to Moses, he said, do not be afraid. When God went to Abraham, he said, do not be afraid. When God went to Joshua and they were getting ready to take the promised land, the first thing he says, do not be afraid of them. When the angel came to Mary... The angel said, do not be afraid. When the angel came to Joseph, do not be afraid. Well, this March, they did a Harris poll on stress in America. And believe it or not, people are stressed. Um, it said, American adults are reportedly feeling emotionally overwhelmed and fatigued, with over 87% agreeing that it feels like there's been a constant stream of crisis without a break over the last two years. Anybody feel like that? About 84% said the Russian invasion of Ukraine is terrifying to watch. And 69% are worried that the invasion is going to lead to nuclear war. About 69% said they fear that we're at the beginning stages of World War III. Another little quote here from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. I am not a member. I don't want to be a member. But <laughs> there, there is an association for that. It says, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 or older every year, or 18.1% of the population every year. Sounds like we're terrified. Sounds like we're worried. 
Sounds like a lot of us are trying to solve it ourselves. How many people are constantly afraid or worried instead of realizing that all worries are God's worries? You know, there's so many things to worry about. There's so many cares and scares, so many cares that we have, and so many things that they're trying to scare us with. Sometimes we allow this to get to us. What does Jesus say? Well, Jesus says, this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Oh, everyday life too, not just the big ones. Yes, the small cares as well. Don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more, far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Not at all, guys. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and in the heaven tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So I think a lot of us have worries, right? My dog has a worry. Charlotte, we went to London. When we got back, she was stressed out of her mind. Like, don't ever leave me again. Like your dog, you know, like, you ever get the suitcase out? She's worried. We all worry. A lot of, some animals seem to experience worry. You know what doesn't seem to experience worry? Ducks. <laughs> Ducks don't seem to have any worry. So we had this mommy duck with like 13, 14 little babies, about three or four houses down. You know, you kind of watch them. All of a sudden, there's only four left. So maybe they should be worried a little bit. But... You know, I, I secretly love them, and uh, so don't judge, but then those four little ducks started coming to my house. So one day, they just ran at me. I guess they were hungry, and they knew I looked nice, and I was a very generous man. Um, but we've, we, I fed them popcorn, bread, of course. Um, I, we've, we, I've done chicken, chicken fettuccine alfredo. They like chicken fettuccine alfredo, actually. <laughs> Mac and cheese, rice cakes. Um, we fed them watermelon, pepperoni pizza, all kinds of different things. My wife was trying to be good and fed them oats. They don't like oats. <laughs> Ducks don't like oats. They want the junk food, guys. Um, but one of their favorites is actually, and I'll, I'll show you the little video, one of their favorites here, if we've got it up here. What, you want food? You guys want food? I feel like a grandma. <laughs> You're sitting. <laughs> They're actually sitting. Wait. You guys like meatballs? You're feeding them meatballs? Yeah, I like meatballs. You like meatballs? I can't with this. There you go. Oh, I can't. They love meatballs. They love meatballs, guys. <laughs> oh, I can't with this. It's so silly. You never know what you're going to get at Steve's Buffet. Look, he's got meatball all over his fucking face. It's so funny. They love meatballs. <laughs> Yeah, they love meatballs, guys. In case you don't know what, ducks love meatballs. But they don't seem worried there, do they? They're sitting, they're waiting, they know God's going to provide. I guess I was the, God used me to provide the meatballs. But they're not worried about what they're going to wear. They're not worried about what they're going to eat. I mean, some of you guys worried a lot about what you're going to wear today. Did anybody here? Like, it's 4th of July weekend. Ron's got his shirt ready. He's had it ready for a... He wasn't worried, knew exactly what to wear. But some of the others of us might have stressed a little bit, like, okay, what should I wear? And we worry about those things. 
The good thing is all of you guys picked the perfect outfit. Don't worry. So pat yourselves. You picked the right thing. Um, but, you know, we stress about those everyday things. We need to be a little bit more like the ducks. A little bit more like the ducks. Well, what is Jehaziel keeps talking after saying that God says, don't be afraid. And he says, tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up, the evil armies. Remember, the, you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Once again, he's saying, do not be afraid or discouraged. I love it. So then, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same. Worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. So, reminder all of us are going to counter worries, right? We're going to have them. If you don't have them, you're going to get it one. All worries need to go to God. All worries are God's worries. And point number four is allow God to solve your worries. How do we do that? How do you do that? Well, the first step is to believe. Back to the scripture. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. First step is to believe. To allow God to solve your problems is to believe. Do you believe he cares? Do you believe he isn't just there for salvation, but he's also there for every battle and every worry? Guys, if you don't, you need to start today. So quite a few years ago, like it's been quite a few, I started doing a prayer app on my phone. I've, I've used several different ones, and I shared this during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. But I actually went through those apps, and I've, I printed out all the answers to prayers over the years, guys. And that stack of paper is big, answer after answer after answer after answer. A lot of them, you know, some of them are no, most of them are yes, but God cares about the little stuff. I even prayed one time that I would catch a big fish. And with Bruce right here, we caught a sailfish that very day. So God sometimes cares about the little, he cares about the little stuff. He does. We need to believe. What's the second step to allowing God to solve your problems? The second step is to praise, to praise God. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang, give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. Man, that's kind of a crazy, stupid idea, actually. Like, you know, you just send out the singers in front of your army. How is that going to be successful, guys? It's not going to be successful. It's not a great plan. It's not the art of war. It's not using his, we know he actually had a pretty big army. He's not using his wealth to try to buy it off. He's not using cunning singers out in front. He's praising God. We know that God loves praise. In Psalms it says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all the armies of heaven. Praise him sun and moon. 
Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing praise to the Lord, for he issued his commands, and they came into being. Something powerful about praise, guys. Something powerful about that. Remember Paul and Silas in jail? They were in jail for preaching the gospel, and they praised God that night. You remember the Bible says there was an earthquake, and they were now released from jail as they were praising. The jailer got so scared um, about this whole situation, he goes to Paul and Silas and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what they answered? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be, pray- and thou shalt be saved. But that praise was part of allowing God to solve your worries. So when you're allowing God to solve your worries, well, first off, believe. Second stop, second step is to praise. And then number three, just stand back and be ready to be amazed, guys. Amen. Be ready to be amazed. Once again in the passage, at the very moment, the very moment, they begin to sing and give praise. The Lord God caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies, allies from Mount Seir, I mispronounced, allies from Mount Seir, and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the armies of Seir, they began attacking each other. Sometimes God confounds your enemies, confounds your worries. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as you can see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder, it took them three days just to collect it all. Be ready to be amazed. Three days to collect the plunder? Don't be surprised when God does way more than you ask or think. In Ephesians it says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely, to infinity and beyond, more than we might ask or think. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today, Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came upon them. I love that. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Sounds so amazing. Can you imagine it? You know, one thing I'd really like to be able to do is go back in time and, like, see different things. Like, I'd love to go to the pyramids at the height of their, like, glory. Is it really, like, a place to bury kings? Or is it a Tesla energy thing? Have you guys ever heard that? Like, I don't know. I'd like to find out. I'd like to see that, you know, three, four, or 5,000 years ago, whenever it was at the height of its height. I'm actually hoping that maybe in heaven we get like little VR glasses and we can go back and see things. And that's one thing I'd really like to see. When God defeats all the enemies and the bodies are lying and it takes you three days to collect all that, and then you come back in a procession of victory, I think that would be a pretty cool party to be at. What about you guys? Yeah, I think that would be pretty, pretty cool. I'm hoping at some point I can kind of see that. 
The story of Jehoshaphat here clearly shows us four main things about worry. We've already gone through them. We all know we're going to have them. They're all going to come. Those worries need to go to God. Allow God to take care of those worries because they're all God's worries. And allow God to solve your worries by believing, praising, and standing back to be amazed. You know, in closing in Psalms, it says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. You know, back to kind of like when I was terrified about what was going on at the start of this year, kind of worried about things. God's worked it out. God's worked it out. I went to God and said, God, I can't solve this. This is too big. God confounded some of the enemies. Things are stable. I love my job. I love where I work. And I'm not worried about losing it here right now. You know, I think another time that I'll share real quick is we were expecting a baby. My wife and I were expecting a baby. And uh, we went to the doctor. And the doctor said, ah, you really need to go to a specialist. We go to the specialist. The specialist comes in and says, hey, there's a problem. Looks like this baby, 99 point whatever percent chance is going to have Down syndrome. Would you like to terminate this pregnancy? You know, you probably want to terminate it's Down syndrome's too much. Um, we went several times. They kept telling us the same thing. Of course, you know, we were going we to have the child no matter what. Guys, it's still weird to me, but I never once worried about it. Never once worried about it. God gave me something in my heart where I was like, God, I don't believe this is true. If it is true, you'll give us the grace to handle it, but I don't believe it is true. They kept telling us to like, try to prepare for a Down syndrome baby, to keep preparing for a Down syndrome baby. And I told my wife, we're not even going to look at those books because there's no need. My God's got it. My God's got it. And on May 22nd, 2005, we had a perfect baby boy. His name's Riley. All right. He's, he would have been perfect if he had been Down syndrome, but God didn't have us do that. And in fact, he's still our most perfect child, right? So, I mean, no knock on Austin and Audrey there, but uh, when you're at the pulpit, you just got to speak the truth. I'm sorry. So, uh, but that's, that's awesome. You know, what about the people that are worried about death? It's one of the main worries, death. And where did all this COVID hype come from? It was all worry about death. Oh my goodness, I might die before my time. We're all gonna die at some point, but God can solve that worry as well. Christ has it. The Bible says this shows what real love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. He loved us so much that he sent his son to save us from sin. He sent Jesus to die as a sacrifice to take the punishment for our sins. So ultimate worry about death. If you turn to God, you look to God, as they told the Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. Turn to God. He can save you and take you to heaven. And I think, but, but church, those of us that have already looked to God, I think a lot of us believe the God, believe the God and believe Jesus that he's gonna take us to heaven. We allow the little stuff to get in the way. We allow the medical things, the financial things, the inflation, the threats, the cares, and the scares to just really bog us down. We are not oftentimes living in the true independence that we could if we allow God 
to take our worries. We give them to God and allow him to do it. Ultimately, worry is not for a Christian. They're going to come, but we need to give them away. Give them to the God who will take care of us. I want to challenge you guys this Independence Day to be free. Thank goodness we live in a free country, but we can be free from really it's a sin. It's a sin of worry, guys. We need to give those things to God. Let's be free. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we live in America. Thank you for the freedom that we can have in you. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for saying that you, we do not need to be afraid about everyday life because you do it. You care for the ducks. You care for us. I pray that people may walk out of here today and leave the worries with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way. Everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.